I'm back. Yep, I am. It is nine after the hour here on WSB. I am Eric Erickson still. Uh, the phone number 404-872-0750. Law, uh, um, sorry, I'm trying to do three things at once. Uh, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I have to get into the call screening program. <coughs> um, so if you didn't know, uh, yeah, uh, another pulmonary embolism, which I still have. The doctors actually think it may be an old one. Well, they're fairly certain it's an old one, uh, and they're blaming, of all things, Hurricane Irma. <laughs> so, you know, since last week, I just have felt like uh, something wasn't right, and I just decided it was in my head. And then I got off the show Wednesday night and really couldn't breathe and got the kids fed, got the kids in bed, uh, did all of that. And then um, headed upstairs and told Christy, I think I got to go to the emergency room and Texted my doctor. He said, yeah, you need to go to the emergency room. So I did. And they did a CT scan, and I've got clots in my lungs. Uh, they they can't tell. There were so many the last time. There literally were so many last year that when they overlay this scan and that scan, they can't tell whether these are new or old. They're small, though, and they weren't that worried about them. But what happened was... Uh, they said if you go through a big pressure change and you got a clot in your lungs, your lungs freak out and think more are coming. So they decided to take action. And in taking action, uh, they essentially have given me asthma and bronchitis at the same time. Um, so I'm on an inhaler. I have oxygen. I can breathe. I'm on steroids. I can't sleep. Uh, so I was going to be back on Thursday. And Christy sabotaged me, my wife. She and my producer, they conspired against me. She drugged me. And I went to sleep. And when I woke up, it was 1.30 in the afternoon. And she had gotten me out of doing radio. And she had gotten me out of doing Sunday school. Uh, they, they conspired against me, which I guess I really needed the rest. I actually had to lay down this afternoon. I've already done too much today. But I was going to be with you here today because we got too much news for me to be gone. And, and thank you very much to Mark Aram uh, for filling in and serving as my press secretary. It is a, a key role. Uh, I got him a nice parting gift for doing so. Some, some hand-quilted, handmade cloth toilet paper just for him so he can experience what I experience. <laughs> Those of you who listened, you get the joke. Now, let us get to the news of the day because the president of the United States has cut a deal with the Democrats, Harry Reid and Nancy Pelosi, on DACA and on border security. And a lot of his ardent supporters, including those on talk radio, are blaming the Republicans. And what they're essentially admitting is that uh, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell are vastly more powerful than Donald Trump, the president of the United States, vastly more influential. Because remember, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell, they're the guys who want to keep the DACA kids here, and they're the guys who don't want to fund a border wall. And so now the president is giving them exactly what they want, which means he's their gimp. I mean, from Pulp Fiction, you might as well slap a leather mask on him and ball gagging. They just trot him out when they need him at this point, if that's the case. Uh, either he's in charge or they're in charge. And if they're in charge, he's not the fighter 
many people thought he was. He's not the deal maker many people thought he was. But there's a silver lining for the president in all the yelling about this. Everyone seems to be ignoring. I mean, flat out, everybody is ignoring. There is a huge win here for the president that even the people who are blaming Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell seem to be ignoring. So in the hue and cry of the president doing this and in the, the mocking of the president selling out his base and everything else, the reality is this. The majority of Donald Trump's supporters actually are okay with keeping DACA kids in the United States. I mean, for those of you who don't remember, DACA is the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. It's a program entered by Barack Obama. The objection by Trump supporters and conservatives is not that they wanted DACA kids thrown out of the country, but that Barack Obama had no power to do what he did. It was an unconstitutional action by Barack Obama. The president of the United States under immigration law does not have the authority to allow people who should be deported to stay in this country. Don't ask me. That's what Barack Obama said less than a month before he entered DACA. In his own words, the reason he entered DACA was because he wanted Congress to act. Well, Congress still did not act and he didn't undo DACA. It was only a matter of time before a federal court did. There were multiple cases pending. But see, a majority Majority is like 70% of, of Donald Trump supporters are okay keeping DACA kids here. In fact, the majority of Donald Trump supporters are okay without a border wall. They are. But there's a problem here. Donald Trump won the presidency with 70,000 votes. Now, if you listen to Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, uh, she, she won by about 3 million votes. Yes, that's true, but we don't elect presidents in this country by a popular vote. We elect presidents in this country with the Electoral College. And in the Electoral College, Donald Trump won Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin by about 70,000 votes. So the question is, does Donald Trump gain votes by doing this? The odds are he doesn't because uh, ideologically in this country, it is so divided right now and so hostile to the president, he probably doesn't gain a lot of votes. But does he lose 70,000? That is possible. I mean, I've gotten angry emails from Trump supporters today who are livid with him. What they don't seem to recognize is they're in the minority. Because so much was made of the border wall. Essentially, this is Donald Trump's uh, read my lips, no new taxes pledge. But it's more significant than that in my mind. Because when George H.W. Bush campaigned on read my lips, no new taxes at the Republican convention in 1988, that really wasn't the centerpiece of his campaign. All his point was there was that he was going to double down on the Reagan tax plan from 1986 and he wasn't going to let the Democrats change it. Well, when he did back away from it, uh, Pat Buchanan challenged him in 1992. Republicans actually opposed it. He got it. He got his tax increase through with Democratic support in the House of Representatives. Republicans opposed it. They distanced themselves from him in 1990. Uh, the Gulf War made him very popular, but then Bill Clinton savaged him with that tax increase, causing a recession and won in 1992. But again, read my lips, no new taxes really wasn't the centerpiece of his campaign. You can go back and look at the advertising in 1988. Um, it was not, that was not the big issue. 
Um, what was the big issue was running against uh, Michael Dukakis, who was considered soft on crime and, and a big spending liberal. Uh, the San Francisco liberals, as Jiro, uh, as um, Gene Kirkpatrick, the former UN ambassador, had called him in 1984. They were ascendant in the Democratic Party, and and Bush was running as the heir to Ronald Reagan. But the moment Donald Trump got off the escalator in Trump Tower in July of 2015 to declare his candidacy for the president of the United States, the wall was his signature. He was going to build a wall. It was going to be a big wall. It was going to be a beautiful wall. You just wait. Mexico was going to pay for it. It was going to keep out the rapists. It was going to keep out the drug dealers. It was going to keep out the gangbangers. It was going to keep out all the undesirable people. It was the centerpiece of his campaign, and it was a real wall, and he mocked Rick Perry, then the governor of Texas, because he genuinely wanted a real wall. Rick Perry advocated uh, increased border security, uh, hot air balloons, uh, weather balloons, aerial surveillance, laser beams, uh, cameras, uh, all sorts of stuff, an electronic fence, upgrade fences in part. That's what Donald Trump is now agreeing to do. But during the campaign, he ridiculed Rick Perry for that, ridiculed him for it. In fact, if you went back to the 2012 campaign, Donald Trump was ridiculing Rick Perry then when he first uh, proposed it. And now that's what he's getting. The wall was his centerpiece. The wall was his read my lips, no new taxes. And he's walking away from that to cut a deal with the Democrats. So again, a majority of his supporters are going to be fine with it. But he only won by 70,000 votes. In doing this, how many voters does he turn off? He can only afford to alienate 70,001 of them. And he might just have done that. It is 26 after the hour. Y'all, one of the upsides of being basically bedridden for the last several days is having a lot of ways to think about um, the show and and the resurgent and everything else in in doing our newsletter. And I've gotten such positive feedback from some of you on the way we had been doing stuff. Uh, We're making some slight tweaks to the newsletter to serve you better. And as well, uh, we've embedded a thing in the resurgent where if there's breaking news during the day and you're on the site, uh, I come on automatically. You just start hearing my voice with breaking news. Pretty awesome technology I've uh, been playing around with. I've had nothing better to do because they won't let me work. I even had to sneak it. My wife tried to get my laptop. You know, she had the audacity to take the cable away from, from the radio box, so I couldn't be on the radio if I wanted to. I mean, really, I mean, thinking I, I, I try to explain to her she would be a multimillionaire if I keeled over, but that just doesn't seem to excite her very much. <laughs> In any event, uh, if you want to sign up for the daily email, um, and I know some of you have and you haven't gotten it, and there are some technical reasons why we have resolved, but uh, you can text WSB to the number 444-999. And I have to tell you, and this really is shameless shelf, if I can talk, shameless shelf, self-promotion here. That I So I wrote my book, Before You Wake, and it was largely because of last year getting clots in my lungs and uh, literally very really nearly dying and uh, Christy getting lung cancer and now all of this and the, the book is even more timely now than ever. Uh, if you'd want to pre-order, it comes out now, I think in two weeks. Uh, if you want to pre-order, you can text the word wake W A K E 
to 444999. Uh, maybe I should have chosen a different word and lighted the connotation for a funeral, but it is, the title is Before You Wake. So we'll be back. It is 38 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Uh, and as always now, remember, if you miss the show live, you can now get it in Google Play, Apple iTunes, TuneIn.com, SoundCloud.com, iHeartRadio. Apparently, I got an email from them today that... Uh, the show is there, so you you have access to this show uh, 24-7, essentially, and obviously every day and every hour of the day at wsbradio.com. I, can I express a, a concern, a worry, a fear? Because I think it needs to be said, and I, I want to preface it by saying that I do hope I'm wrong. And, you know, with my record, maybe I am. I don't know, but I have a real concern that the people who voted for the president to save the Supreme Court might have set themselves up to lose the Supreme Court. What I mean by that is, it is, I don't think it's rumor at this point. I think it is, is absolute certainty that Justice Kennedy, who everyone thought could be convinced to retire by Neil Gorsuch, and in fact his family suggested as much that he was going to do that, that uh, Kennedy has decided, according to people close to him, that because of the behavior of the president, he must stay. So he's not leaving. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, in the same way, she's not going to leave with him there. Stephen Breyer is not going to leave with him there. Uh, and so what you see is these three people. And of course, uh, Clarence Thomas, Clarence Thomas is one of the oldest members of the court. And I, I have a, a friend of mine, I don't want to give away confidences, but is very close to him. And he had considered retirement, I'm told, but has changed his mind, not because of the president's behavior, but because of, uh, the Senate confirmation process that anyone else would go through. So we could get if he loses in 2020, if he doesn't play his cards well, you could get Thomas, Breyer, Ginsburg, and Kennedy all being appointed by a Democrat. And that's a generational wipeout of the Supreme Court. That's probably a two-generation wipeout of the Supreme Court. And it, it just it, I, I worry that last November might have been a fierce victory in that case. But Gorsuch only gets you so far. And again, that, that, that is a worry. It is a concern. It is a fear. Uh, it, it's not unfounded. There, there, is, there is a foundational reason for it, but I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I, many of you will say that I am wrong. Uh, only time will tell, but it is a concern. I, I really wish we could get uh, Kennedy and Thomas, maybe, to go on and retire now. Stop playing playing bets. We know we've got incredible people. There is no filibuster for the Supreme Court. They could get through. We should go on 
and and replace them if we can. But it's they've got life tenure. They don't have to retire. They don't have to resign if they don't want to. Um, but it just it gives me a queasy feeling thinking about it long term, and the fact that we've only got six judges now confirmed, including Gorsuch, um, by the court that 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 worries me. Now, uh, the phone number here four zero four eight seven two zero seven five zero one eight hundred WSB Talk. All right, to the phones we go. Greg in Marietta. Greg, you're going to be first. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Happy Friday, and praying for your continued good health. Buddy. Thank you very much. Um, some Trump supporters, I think, are, it's not DACA being given up, and, and it's that he made a deal with the equivalent of Darth Vader and the Wicked Witch of the West. That's the feel that he made a deal with the evil empire. Yeah. If he would have been making a deal with the Republicans and giving up on the wall a little bit, they'd grind their teeth and, all right, yeah, but, but my buddies that are that are diehard Trump fans and people I follow on Facebook, it's, it's the, he caved, he caved to them. Well, what, what do you say though, to those who say, well, he had to go in their direction because Ryan and McConnell weren't working with him. Uh, there are those who say that and say, you know what? He's, he's thumbing his nose and he's saying, you guys won't work with me. Well, then you've pushed me over here. Um, he's a crafty guy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I gotta say though, it, if that's to, the case, Greg, if that's the case, then it seems like they're really the ones in charge. If they can say, we're not going to cut a deal with you, and so he's got to go into the hands of the Democrats, that makes them more powerful than him. And that's not what we were advertised as getting. That's not what we're hoping for. And, and you know, it really was a minor deal when you think about it. Um, DACA was going to come back through Congress anyway, and, and he can change his mind on the wall, and I have a feeling he will. Yeah, uh, it's been his pattern, um, and um, but the the people that are in the bullseye right now, the Trump supporters, are Mitch McConnell and his crew. Uh, we really need to beat Mitch McConnell. We we've got to we've got well, to find a credible person to beat Mitch McConnell. It is uh, it is awful. And by the it way, is, that that's um, one reason, Greg, that we've got to support Roy Moore in Alabama. And I know there are people who hold their nose when they hear the name. They don't particularly care for Moore. But Roy Moore will fight Mitch McConnell and Luther Strange will not. And in Alabama, it's all about sticking it to McConnell. And we got to do that. I just wish the conservatives could band together and we could push the right people through and, and continue to gradually... Uh, whittle away at it and make change. And um, I had a great fear during the inauguration speech that he sat there and put a bullseye on his back. Yeah. Uh, when he when he called everybody out, um, I just I felt pride and I felt oh no, don't telegraph what you're going to do. Uh, well, you know, like he talks about the military, you shouldn't do it that way either. Yeah, and I, this is going to be interesting to see where it winds up. i got to let you go there. Thanks very much for the phone call. Um, I, I, my suspicion is that if the president started a essentially a bully pulpit tour and went to Wisconsin where Ryan is, Kentucky where McConnell is, and went to some of these targeted Republican districts and just pounded the snot out of them, saying they're the reason I'm going to have to go to Schumer and Pelosi, then he may very well... Uh, be able to get something. But I want to play you this audio. This is from Chuck Schumer. This isn't the easiest thing. In fact, let me turn up as best I can the audio here 
so that you are able to hear this. Um, this is Chuck Schumer on the floor of the Senate. The live mic is on, and he's talking about his dinner with the president, where he talks about the president likes the Democrats, at least likes Chuck Schumer, and wants to work with the Democrats. Right. Oh, okay. So I just got here. Anything new? No. Okay. He likes, he likes us. He likes me anyway. He likes us. He likes me anyway. Look, what we said is exactly accurate. Here's what I told Mr. President. You're much better off if you can sometimes step right and sometimes step left. If you have to step just in one direction, you're boxed. Yes, Mr. President, this is what I told him. Sometimes you have to step left, sometimes you have to step right. If you just step in one direction, you're boxed. He gets that. He gets that. He gets that. So that's what we're doing here. I thought we were going to drain the swamp. Said it sounds like politics as usual. It is 56 after the hour. The full number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. I want to say some kind words to a company that often doesn't get kind words around here, and many of you have been grumbling about, but I think they highly deserve um, kind words, and that would be Georgia Power. Uh, They right now have 40,000 people still without power and are working as fast as they can, uh, roughly in uh, 24-hour days, uh, multiple shifts. They started with 960,000 people. I've still got friends in nice neighborhoods that don't have power. The damage was just that extensive, and I don't think people understand that, and the media, I think, hasn't done a great job of explaining why it's taken so long. Uh, In addition to pole shortages and everything else, because you had to deal with Harvey, uh, there was some very extensive damage uh, that they've been having to work around and deal with, and you got to get trees out of the way first before you get in there and get those lines. But they have been working 24 hours a day to get this done, and I, I really think they deserve a lot of praise. I, I bought a few people, some linemen, a few free meals this week. They've earned it. It is 10 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is WSB, the phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Ben Shapiro went to Berkeley last night. Those of you who don't know Ben, (laughs) I have so many people basically tell me, uh, I I listen to Ben Shapiro. He he sounds like you, but he talks faster, Um, which is... He is a fantastic guy. I, I personally like Ben Shapiro. He is is individually a good person. Uh, he doesn't put on any pretense. Uh, there are no airs about him. He's just he's a good guy. And he went to Berkeley, and he has a great piece today noting that uh, when the police are allowed to do their job, Antifa really can't do anything. But what's so crazy is that the police, it costs UC Berkeley $600,000 for security for his speech. They had areas cordoned off where you weren't allowed to go. 
And it's just, it's crazy. And, you know, UC Berkeley offered counseling for people who would be upset that all he did was speak. That's it. You know, I, I have really thought about trying to do a Kickstarter campaign where all I would do is go to Berkeley. I wouldn't give a speech, wouldn't do anything. I'd just go out there and I would take pieces of paper that have scripture written on them. And I would deposit them around campus, daring them to find them. I, I think I could raise money to cover the cost of flying out there and doing that. That's what I think. I sh- I really should do. I mean, I don't need to go speak at Berkeley. But just go out there and, and pray on campus and catch it on video. And put some scripture around campus and see what happens when, when, when the poor Berkeley kids discover it. Oh my goodness, I, I might quote St. Paul. <gasps> Or Leviticus. <gasps> Y'all, the whole thing is ridiculous. We live in a world where we need college kids on certain campuses cannot embrace, accept, tolerate diversity of opinion. And when you go to college, that's exactly what you're supposed to experience. You're supposed to experience other opinions. And yet they can't do it. You know, so <laughs> I, I I don't have details I can publicly announce, but I, I've been offered a, um, a a lecturing fellowship at a certain famous university, not Harvard. Uh, in fact, I was going to do Harvard last year, but then the blood clots got in the way and we have never regrouped on doing Harvard. And so Chelsea Bradley Manning has had his uh, fellowship from Harvard revoked. And the left is outraged by this. And the Harvard dean's comment is that we, we want a diversity of opinions. We, we want to embrace people like this. But uh, the guy is sabotaged national security. And, and Harvard, even Harvard, says that they have no business giving a fellowship to someone who, who jeopardized American national security and put lives at risk. And what's so interesting about that is that's something you very rarely hear from anyone that leans left. And Harvard does lean left. Very rarely do you hear about Harvard, of all places, doing something like that. And there should be more recognition of this fact. Uh, Bradley Manning, Chelsea Manning, however you want to call him, uh, is he's he's essentially all but a traitor. I mean, he, he didn't get charged with treason, but the guy sold out American national interest. He put people in harm's way. And the left has championed this guy as some sort of hero when he's just a, a, a nutter who doesn't like his country. At least that's what it appears to be. He, he thinks his country would be better if they did things his way. And is that not the, the ultimate? Listen, I don't want to go on a millennial tirade. That, that's not my point here. But there is, among a, a subset of people in this country, a level of entitlement. Some of you will say it's millennials, but it, there are a lot of baby boomers with this. Look what happened to Apple. I, I have not, I have intentionally not talked about the Apple releases on Tuesday. The the iPhone 10, they should call it the iPhone X, not the 10. Uh, the iPhone 8, the 8 Plus, all of that stuff. I, I have intentionally not talked about it this entire week. One, because my wife took me off the air. And two, because I, oh, hush up, they are not. Uh, I, I, I have one of those anti-Apple cultists on my staff, and it happens to be my producer. And he's got this crap phone where it's just, it's, it's miserable. Oh, I got two of them. 
my Lord, the pig farmer and I need to have a talk. Now, the number one reason I don't talk about the stuff on air is because whenever I talk about it on air, the pig farmer sends me, you sound like Bortz talking about his plane. Nobody wants to hear that. That's not my point for talking about it here. An Apple employee leaked all of the details about their event over the weekend. The event took place on Tuesday and all of the information about it was leaked over the weekend by an Apple employee. Apple had a file. It was publicly accessible on the web, but through a, such an obscure URL, no one could find it. And this person leaked the URL and the data from the URL revealed everything they were going to do. And multiple people, reporters, have confirmed it was an intentional malicious leak by an Apple employee who wanted to get the news out there. There is this poisonous belief among people, and it is largely within millennials, although not all, always millennials, uh, just a, a product of, of upbringing and university culture these days, that, that truth must be set free and all truth must be set free. And anything and everything that can be put out there in the public should be put out there in the public, even if it's a company's private secrets, even if it's a company's personal information or your personal information, it should all be out there in the public. And Bradley Manning falls in this camp that everyone should know this stuff. And there's no thought to what will it do for the bottom line of the company that pays your salary? What will it do for the country that protects you? What will it do for those of your, your colleagues in harm's way in the military? There's a level of selfishness about this that really is festering within American culture that you know best and it should be your way, and you should get to decide. Never mind that it's not your information. It's not your property. You should not get to make that call. But but in a, a modern American culture, too many people think that it is their right to do it. It is their call to be able to do it. And more and more of these people, and I'm sure this employee, will be, be rooted out, found, and fired. And it would be my hope that Tim Cook and Apple would announce who this person is, that they never have a job again and learn their lesson that way. Show them grace eventually, but first they got to understand what they did was wrong. And I don't think just firing them will teach them this. They need to actually be blackballed from the tech industry for a while in order to learn that lesson. Not everything needs to be made public. It's 25 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson here on WSB, still alive, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK in California. Of course, it's California. High schools are warning students not to chant something offensive and intolerant. That chant that is offensive and intolerant is USA, USA, USA. Yes, that's right. Officials at Vista Del Lago High School in Folsom, not far from Sacramento, are joining others, including the California Interscholastic Federation, which says... Chanting USA um, is, well, divisive. And it could it, it mean people think you're being intolerant. 
that it is welcome uh, around the time of the Pledge of Allegiance or National Anthem if schools do that. But in California, of course, some schools don't do that because those two are divisive. Those two could be offensive. I, you know, I'm really not opposed to the California secession movement. I'm, I'm really not. If they want to go their own way, I'm, I'm, I really don't necessarily have a problem doing with them doing that. They can go their own way. And, and I mean, may, may, may the best group win. I, I, if listen, if Texas went independent tomorrow, I would probably pack up my family and move. I mean, I'm, I, I, I mourn the loss of this country, but uh, unless something happens, th- this country is just committing cultural suicide right now. It is a slow suicide, uh, but one nonetheless that you can see happening on multiple fronts. The the contempt and hostility of people of faith in this country and whatnot. I mean, just look what's the the attacks on churches in this country. The attacks on people of faith over uh, same-sex marriage and transgenderism. You've got churches out there right now uh, doing work, going places that the federal government isn't helping people uh, after Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma. And the left wants to take away their tax exempt status. They want to shut them down. They want to regulate their speech. I mean, for God's sakes, the former mayor in Houston was demanding the sermons of preachers from the pulpit so that she could challenge their tax exempt status uh, because they weren't fans of her um, transgender policy. Just insane. The, The whole country seems just on the verge of something not good. Which is one reason I think you got to start focusing on helping your kids build community around like-minded people so they know you're not alone. It is 39 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Let's go back to the phones. Charlie and Milton, you're up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, I just wanted to comment on what you were saying about the kind of the slow cultural death of the, of the country and California and you know, now it's offensive to chant USA in our own country. Right. I mean, we, we have we have lost our minds. We yep. have absolutely lost our minds. And I'm a I voted for Trump. Uh, I'm not one of his supporters who thinks he can do no wrong. Um, and I'm going to tell you, if if whatever combination of him and the Republicans can't get anything done while they control Congress and the White House, I am seriously considering uh, beginning to vote Democrat. Let's let's get them in there. Let's let them ruin the country, get it over with, and then start rebuilding. I've, <laughs> I've, you I've are not it. the first person to tell me this this week. But this is we we've lost our minds. I mean, you've got people up in New York that don't want to get their dogs vaccinated because they think they might get autism. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, you do. And and you know, it's like so. I've been um, bombarded this week. Uh, with liberals upset, you know, that, that, oh, who is E. Michael Duncan Black or whatever, some, some actor out in Hollywood, he put up a tweet the other day as Her- Irma was hitting and said, remember, uh, a good portion of the people who are going to be affected by this hurricane don't believe in science. And I replied back to him and said, you're right, uh, these people believe boys can become girls. 
And yeah, and the liberals started sending me links to to scientific papers, and you know, I I started replying back to them with papers from the anti-vaccine crowd because they all have doctors and PhDs who who will say whatever kooky thing they want and, and they can't see depressions. If they find a scientist, it's legitimate. You know, the number of people who have told me this week that, you know what, if, if the Republicans can't make gains when we give them everything they want, let's just let the Democrats ruin it all and we can start over on the ashes. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fed up. Um, I'm tired of worrying about it. Um, you know what? Maybe maybe we're past the point of no return. Let's get it over with and let's be done with it. Hey, enjoy your show. Have a good weekend. Thanks very much. Thank you very very much. Uh, you have a good weekend too. You know, I really I get the sentiment more and more from people, and I really don't blame them. The Republicans said, "If you give us the House, we'll repeal Obamacare." So we did this. We we need the Senate too. So we gave him, we got to have the presidency too. So we gave him the presidency. We got to have a two thirds of the Senate. Well, you don't because you did, you structured it through reconciliation. So you only need a majority and you couldn't get that. And now, you know, what's coming down the pike is the, um, Lindsey Graham plan that supposedly repeals Obamacare. And it's a stinker. It may be slightly better than what we have, but I, I mean, I, well, I'm not even going to use that analogy right now. It's too close to dinner time for me, but it's not a great plan. The Republicans seem to be out of ideas. By the way, this is why um, I and the resurgent, we are organizing, we are going to do a resurgent conference. Uh, we're going to call it Recon, the resurgent conference, uh, where we go out and we do reconnaissance on good conservative ideas, on good policy ideas, because it seems like the Republican Party at this point is devoid of ideas. They claim to be conservative, but they're not advocating conservative policy. They wouldn't know conservative policy if it bit them on the rear end. They're just going through the motions at this point. They, they Since George W. Bush was president, God bless him, where he decided conservatism was whatever he said it was, it's been all downhill from there for the GOP. And it is just going to keep getting worse unless we do something about it. It is 44 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Y'all, Iran is paying Hezbollah. Yeah, this, this reminds me of a point I need to make. I thought about this earlier today. As much as it seems that the president's advisors have a hard time in have a hard time reining in his worst impulses. It seems they have a very good time reining in his best impulses. And what I mean by that is the president was committed to fighting for the wall, and clearly someone in the White House got to him and, and told him he could cave on the wall. The president intended to scuttle Barack Obama's Iran deal, which he should have done, and someone in the White House convinced him not to. Time and time again, this president's best instincts are scuttled by people in the White House. Now, part of that is institutional, and every president complains about his, his staff stymieing things they want to do. But this is Donald Trump. He's not supposed to be the staff-managed president. He's supposed to be the guy institutionally, instinctually with the gut to know what's right and what's wrong and how to do it and to bypass all of the, all of the, the hoo-ha. And he's not doing it. 
And that's deeply frustrating because the Iran deal needs to be scuttled. Uh, John Bolton, for example, the former U.N. ambassador, had been in regular contact with the president and now suddenly can't get him on the phone, can't get him by text, can't, can't get him at all to talk about the Iran deal that should be scuttled and that Bolton wants scuttled. Here you've got Iran funding terrorists, probably with the money Barack Obama gave them. And we're not doing anything about it. We're not stopping them. Iran is going to give nuclear material to North Korea, which, by the way, has shot another missile over Japan. They're going to do it. They're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep pushing. When do we say enough is enough? This is the president who is supposed to be willing and able to say enough is enough. This is the president who was supposed to be willing and able to overcome all of this nonsense, all of this, this staff roadblocks, all of the staff inertia. And yet it seems like they can't stop him from getting on Twitter and sabotaging his message, but they can stop him from doing all the good stuff that he wants to do. I would suggest they put more energy into getting him off Twitter and less energy from preventing him from doing the very many good things that he could do that he says he wants to do, like building the wall and scuttling the Iran deal. He should be doing that, and he's not. for the family Tommy Irving. He was the longtime Georgia Agriculture Commissioner. He has passed away. Uh, visitation will be uh, tomorrow from 4 to 8 p.m. Uh, at Whitfield Funeral Home in Cornelia, Georgia. Funeral will be Sunday at Antioch Baptist Church in Mount Airy, Georgia. Um, Tommy Irving was just a, a legend. Uh, major, major guy. Uh, in um, Georgia politics for a very long time. Uh, and uh, just prayers for his family. Now, you also need to know we have a new candidate uh, running for governor on the Republican side. Uh, Clay Tippins, he's 44. He filed papers on Thursday to take Nathan Deal's seat. <clears throat> Deal, of course, term limited. Is he going to run again? Um, he is a Navy SEAL. Uh he went to, he was in Silicon Valley. He was in the Navy SEALs and the Naval Reserves. He's now the executive vice president of Cap Gemini, a global consulting firm. He and his wife and kids, they live in Atlanta. Um, there will be a lot of people wanting to know who the heck is this guy. Uh, but a uh, new fresh face running for governor. And you should also know. That Governor Deal has decided that we will be making a push as a state to attract uh, Amazon's new headquarters, I'm sure with taxpayer subsidies to do it. Which means that if you're a Christian in this state, uh, you will not get religious liberty legislation and you will probably be denied the ability to help the state adopt children uh, as uh, the Republicans in this state uh, don't want Christians to participate in adoption because businesses don't like it.